guys, and welcome back to the Yes Means Yes podcast. My name is Faith Nongshef. I am a victim advocate and prevention educator with RCEA. Um, we are here with Miss Jackie Strom this week um, to talk about consent with kids. I'm going to go ahead and let everyone else introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Holland. I am a victim advocate here at RCEA. And hi, I'm Jackie Strom. I am the Prevention and Resource Coordinator at the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape and also here representing safesecurekids.org. Awesome. So Jackie, could you tell us a little bit about what Safe Secure Kids is and kind of like what your role is within the organization? Absolutely. So safesecurekids.org, our goal is really to provide free resources to help caregivers of all kinds prevent sexual abuse and harassment by making it easier for them to communicate with the children in their lives about respect and consent. And so it's a joint partnership between the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape, which is where I work, and Da Vinci Interactive. And so we've been able to combine our expertise, um, like our knowledge of child sexual abuse and prevention strategies, and Da Vinci's expertise in developing interactive tools. They've been doing that for a long time. And so we have a website now. And yeah, my role is really to help come up with some of the content that you see on the site, the resources. And then I get to do things like this, where I get to um, talk with others and spread the word about the resources that we have available. So the interactive pieces, are those like trainings or like games for kids? Yeah, so we actually have resources for kids and for adults. So the interactive pieces for kids, um, it is kind of like a learning game. We have a character heart um, who helps guide kids through all the different activities. So right now, I think we have four or five activities up and in each one, there are some scenarios and if you like once you answer it you get a little prize or a piece and it helps like complete the activity so there's one where you have to collect all of the different materials um, to make s'mores around a campfire with your friends um, so we, we tried to make it really fun and interactive for the kids in a way that they don't necessarily know that they're learning about consent and feelings and stress and talking to trusted adults um, but then there's also, there's videos, there's handouts, there's courses, um, and just general information on the site for adults that they can use to prepare to have conversations with kids, because the goal is not necessarily to sit a kid down in front of these courses and have them do it themselves. We would want an adult to be with them so that they can keep having this conversation about these different topics in a, in a fun and easy way. Awesome. So is this something like anyone could access? Yeah, absolutely. It's totally free and it's best suited right now for elementary school age kids. So we say about second to fifth grade, but depending on the maturity level of your kiddos, it might work for older or younger. Um, so yeah, all you have to do is go to safesecurekids.org and feel free to explore the site. Um, there's a tab right now called Learn Together, and that's where all of the interactive 
pieces are. And then there's um, explore topics, and that's where adults can really dive deep into learning more about how to initiate these conversations with kids. Because we don't want it to be a one-time conversation, right? We want them to, to make this be an, a natural part of their lives and have it be an ongoing conversation. Awesome. Okay. And for anyone listening, I'm going to provide that link um, in the description below so that you can look at that too. Thank you. Um, okay. So obviously we think that like the age um, we should talk about consent varies. So you said it's targeted towards elementary school right now. What age do y'all recommend like introducing that topic to kids? We really feel like you can talk about consent with kids at any age, and I would say as young as possible is the better. Um, and so I actually have some coworkers, I don't have kids of my own, but they would share with me that like, as their infants and toddlers were growing up, they would really verbalize like, I'm going to pick you up now, or we're going to change your diaper. Um, because even though the child might not necessarily be able to give you permission, right, or give you consent to do those things, you're helping normalize the idea that we're going to at least talk through what's happening to your body so that as you get older, you do get to make choices about what happens to your body, unless it's for like health and safety reasons. So yeah, as kids become like more verbal, you can have different conversations with them about consent. That's awesome. And I think what's really cool is that kids totally understand consent. It's just different language, right? So we try and use the language of asking for permission on safesecurekids.org because they ask for permission all the time. They have to do it to share toys, um, for somebody to help them. Um, you know, get dressed or get food or, or whatever. And so they're used to it, but we don't always talk about it with regards to like sharing personal space or giving hugs or, you know, engaging in someone's bubble. And so if we can start with kids as young as possible, helping them understand that like, this is a natural part of life that you have to ask for permission. And then you also have to respect the answer that that person is giving. Um, we can really set kids up for success with skills that will help them throughout their whole lives. And that's really the goal. That's awesome. Do y'all think that the way we talk about consent should differ between genders? I don't think so. Um, we're all humans and we all need to get consent from each other, right? And so I think especially what I was just kind of saying about, I think we do a good job saying like, make sure you ask for this thing or whatever. Um, but as we get older, that, that respecting and having an okay response to the person's answer is not something that we teach as much. And I, I think when kids get older and they are put in sexual situations, if we're not teaching people of all genders, right, to understand regardless of, you know, that person, what we need to respect what they're doing, what they want to do. Um, and so I, I think it's important to talk to all kids about consent for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you think that you should go about talking to kids 
like progressing through ages about consent? Is there like, I'm sure there's like, you know, like, you know, certain timeline or something, but like, how do y'all kind of approach that? Yeah. So like I said before, it's definitely an ongoing conversation. We don't want it to be, um, people often talk about like the talk, right? As, as kids get older, having a sex conversation. And as we've just talked about, consent does not have to be about sex. And so if you um, explore any of the resources on safesecurekids.org, you'll see that we don't actually talk about any kind of sexual interaction. We don't talk about abuse even. We're really just talking about consent in a really general way. And so you can do this in everyday interaction. So um, when somebody, when you're getting ready to leave, you could say, do you wanna hug goodbye today? Or, you know, do you want to wave or do you want to give a high five or do you just want to say that verbally, right? So a lot of it is giving choices to your kids or the kids in your life about how they might do something that they need to do, but they still get to make decisions about how they do that. So um, if it's, it's story time and you all are going to be reading a book, you can even say like, can I sit beside you while we read this book? Like, or do you want me to sit over here, right? Because, you know, we all have people in our lives who are like, I don't really like hugs, but I grew up being forced to give hugs to people or this has become a normal part of our lives. And so as adults, we have the opportunity to model that as well. And I really feel like um, the pandemic has actually helped us learn to be better about asking for consent and modeling those boundaries because we have to say, you know, if we're gonna get together with folks like, are we wearing masks? Are we not wearing masks? Is it okay if we hug? Can I come inside your house, right? Like these are questions that we've been having to ask that I don't think many of us have had to talk about before. So those are some of the things you can do with kids when they're younger to like model those things. Um, but even again, like we said, when we're, when we're playing, it's like, do you want the blue car? Do you want the red car? Like these are, these are ways that you can talk about consent with little kids. Um, and so as, as they get older, right, I would say middle school or like fifth-ish grade is when you could maybe start talking about consent in terms of sexual harassment um, or just, you know, we unfortunately know that kids younger and younger today are having access to sexual information on the internet. And so needing to have conversations with kids younger than we maybe did before is a great way to set them up for success around like, um, it sounds so silly, but right, if you're gonna kiss someone for the first time, making sure that you actually ask if that's okay. Um, and I've heard people say like, oh, that's gonna ruin the mood. And it's like, actually, can we just make sure we're all on the same page and then we can all have a really great time, right? So I, I think as you get older, there are different ways that you can model what's happening. And then also there's just like teachable moments all the time. So you could be watching a TV show with your kid and see something that happens, right? Um, and you can either pause it or wait until it's over and say like, if you were in that situation, what would you do? Or what would you say, right? To get a sense of, of where they're at. Or you could say, or you could do both things and say like, I hope you know you can always come and talk to me if you were ever in a situation like that and needed help figuring out what to do. So 
those are really important. Um, and I would say the other piece that needs to happen is talking with other adults in a child's life. So we know that adults are not only, are not adults, sorry. We know that kids are being raised by not just their parents or caregivers, but they have, you know, other family members like grandma and grandpa, um, aunts and uncles. We have neighbors. We have people who come and babysit, daycare, teachers, coaches, the list goes on and on. Um, and so if we really wanna make sure that our child's boundaries are being respected and that everybody is on board with this conversation about consent and body autonomy, we have to let the other adults in our lives know these are our expectations when you're interacting with our child. Um, and so it can be really challenging to say, Hey grandma, I know that you really love, you know, the kid, but they don't want to sit on your lap right now, or they, they don't want to give you a hug goodbye. And that doesn't mean that they don't love you. Um, but we need, we want to teach them that they get to make decisions about what happens to their body. And so let's offer an alternative. Right. And I think that's great um, that you mentioned having the parents talk to other adults because um, I know, especially me as a child, like just instances like that, I would never have felt comfortable being like, no, I don't want to hug you or that. So it kind of takes the pressure off of the kid to have to like stand up for themselves and ask for that bodily autonomy because they're just a kid. And especially with like an older adult who maybe like grandma, grandpa, who they respect, they don't want to hurt their feelings, all of those things. So I think that's a really good tip for parents to, you know, them take on that conversation instead of having the child do it. And you brought up a great point there that it really is more about adults' feelings than it is about kids' feelings so often. And we really want to reverse that. Like we, we want to flip the script on that because it's our responsibility as adults to keep kids safe. And so that means making sure that we actually are honoring their choices and letting them know that, you know, they have the right to have their choices respected and what happens to their body respected. And, you know, there are sometimes whenever we have these conversations with parents, sometimes they're like, what do you mean? Like they get to make all the decisions. I'm the parent, right? Um, and it's like, there will be times where you absolutely have to make the decision of what happens, right? So um, we usually say for health and safety reasons. So nobody likes getting shots as far as I know, but you know, sometimes you got to go and get your vaccinations done or you have to go to the dentist because, you know, it's important to, like we said, health and safety. Um, but we might be able to help the child make choices along the way that make that process easier and feel more comfortable for them about what's happening. So yeah, it's oftentimes about adults' feelings and we wanna be focusing more on the child's feelings and making sure that they are able to communicate what's happening and feel comfortable being able to say to a trusted adult, I'm not okay with that, um, rather than feeling scared that something might happen if they you know, go against the norm. Definitely. So you brought up carers, and I think a really big important one that we often overlook is teachers and like the school systems. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's just such an opportunity there to talk about consent. Um, I'm not really sure, like not very familiar with the state of Pennsylvania's um, sex education. I know in Alabama, uh, sex ed is not required. 
Um, so the topic of consent being included is kind of pretty far off the table for now. Um, but we kind of try to make an effort to when we go into schools and talk about, you know, Aaron's Law, good touch, bad touch, safe dating, healthy relationships, throw in just some a little bit about consent so we can kind of like start the conversation. Um, so what, what is your opinion? Do you think that sex education would be beneficial to include consent? Um, I just am curious as your thoughts on that and how you know, that could kind of help this entire movement that you're doing with Safe Secure Kids. Yeah, so um, Pennsylvania is not far off. There's some stuff's required and other stuff isn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I truly, this has been something I, I think about often and why I got into the work that I do, wanting um, sex education to look very different in our schools, because I actually think that if these conversations about consent and communicating about our feelings um, and, and, you know, respect were included in sex education courses that like everybody got to hear about, I truly feel like the world would be a very different place. Um, and so for me, I, I love the idea of that sexuality education is something that would be included from kindergarten through college and people will be like what are you talking about um in elementary school right and it's the same stuff that i'm talking about right now right we don't have to talk about sex with kids because that's not age appropriate to do so um or at least the younger kids but we can definitely make sure that they are learning these these skills that will set them up for success for the rest of their lives because not only are they going to have romantic partners, but oftentimes we don't even talk about friendships or relationships with siblings or other people in your lives. And so if we want them to grow up to be happy, healthy, and safe kids so they can be happy, healthy, and safe adults, all of this needs to be included in the education that we're providing kids as as early as possible and so definitely in schools we would recommend folks like yourselves um, or you know whoever you're listening to this from your local rape crisis center or um, local victim service agency or other experts to come in and and talk to um, kids about these topics because they are the experts and can provide training to teachers and parents and students um, and what we love about Safe Secure Kids and why we actually started it was because we know it's so challenging for adults and caregivers to be able to come to training that's happening like after school or in the evenings because adults are just busy, especially like if you have kids, you're taking care of them in lots of different ways. And so what's great about Safe Secure Kids is that folks can say, okay, they learned about this in school or they learned about this at daycare or wherever, and now we're gonna come home and continue the conversation in a way that doesn't feel like we're sitting down to have an awkward conversation, right? It can feel like learning um, in a fun way. So yeah, we really think the combination, if the school's not like, it's not in the curricula, having extra folks come in to provide that information and then reinforcing those conversations at home. Because we also know that adults and families, you're gonna have different values for your family. So kids are gonna get information regardless if you're the ones providing it, they might just get it from the internet, um, the back of the bus. And so you have an opportunity as an adult to be the one who says, 
hey, this is what we want you to think about as you're growing up, and this is what's important to our family. So as uncomfortable as conversations it is, um, it, I think it has to be a combination of all adults in a kid's life, making sure that we're reinforcing all of this information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree with literally everything you just said. <laughs> um, let's just help each other out and make this little yeah. easier. But um, I understand there are several steps that it's going to take to kind of get there to where it's like a universal thing. But hopefully one day we keep pushing. But yeah. um, before we go to our last question, is there any other like comments or things that you want to say or Holland, any questions you may have? I would just love, I'm so excited that you all have this podcast. Um, we also have a podcast at PCAR. It's called PA Centered. And so you can go to PCAR.org slash podcasts if you want to check that out. And again, we really encourage you to um, visit safesecurekids.org and share it with your friends and family members. Definitely. Um, okay, so we always like to end our podcast with um, one question that we ask our guests. So we want to know, what is your message to survivors of sexual violence? Well, I would say, and, and it sounds pretty simple, but we believe you, we support you, and it's absolutely not your fault. And there's so many resources available if you feel ready to reach out. Um, and yeah, just know that you're not alone in this journey and that um, healing is not linear, right? And so we're all gonna go through our own process of, of getting to a place where um, we, we feel ready to engage in certain behaviors or have conversations. And so whatever process or timeline that is for you, that's exactly what it needs to be. So yeah, it's simple, but we believe you, we support you and it's not your fault. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jackie. Um, I felt like that was super informative and hopefully it kind of gives some parents out there some tips and definitely um, your website as a resource because I know I will be very much exploring that uh, later today, but I'm going to include that link below and also the link to your podcast um, with the Pennsylvania Coalition. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye.